Now I can start. There's a question that people ask themselves, different kinds of questions that people ask themselves different occasions. People ask themselves, how can I get more energy? How can I be more alive? People wonder about how can I, you know, rise above the here and now and be and be more more present. How can I, how can I open up the doors of heaven and bring more abundance into myself? A lot of people, which are very intelligent, very talented, very successful financially, and yet their lives are are connected to thoughts of apathy and depression and and disillusionment and drugs and addictions and, 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 and suicide. And the question is, what should we do when we feel suddenly a feeling of... I think you need a kind for that, no? It sounds like a topic with... What should we do when you feel, some, you feel apathy, you feel insensitive, you feel cold, you feel, you feel dry. What are you supposed to do with that? How are you supposed to handle that? What, 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 is that supposed to, what is that supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? When someone comes to you and tells you that, what are you supposed to respond? So there's something in this week's Torah portion which gives us great insight to this question. And it's a fundamental concept in Kabbalah and Hasidus. And it's called Eris and Kalim, lights and vessels. Right now, in this room, coursing through us are all kinds of waves. There are radio waves, there are uh, Wi-Fi waves, and yet, unless you have the appropriate receptacle to receive those waves, you're not conscious of them, you don't think about them, you don't feel them, but if you have a telephone to receive the waves, you have a computer put on the table, oh, now you're able to channel the energy of, of those waves. Or In a similar way, there are countries which have incredible resources, and all they have is great resources, they don't have the right vessel, they don't, know, they don't have the right um, system to implement and to bring, use those resources to feed and support their, their populace. So it's a, it, it's, the, the lights are there, but the vessels aren't. You have, you have to have the right vessel for the right light. This week's Torah portion and the Torah both give us insight about this idea of lights and vessels. This is the Torah portion. God um, told Abraham to circumcise himself, and he promised him he'll have a child. This week's Torah portion, Abraham's recovering from his circumcision, and as he's recovering from the circumcision, uh, three angels in the guise of men appear, and Abraham goes all out to welcome his guests. He didn't just welcome his guests, he wanted to give his guests the best. The Torah says he slaughtered three calves to give his guests three tongues. He wanted not just give them meat, who kills three cows to feed the one with three guests, but he wanted them to have tongue. And he gave them dairy, he gave them meat. And he, although he's like just recuperating from a circumcision, he's, he's really working so hard to welcome them, to make them feel comfortable, and to give them all the best that he can give them. So God says to Avram right after this, you're going to have a child. You're going to merit to have a child. So the Avram did something, and God said, in this merit, he'll have a child. It says that, uh, in the Talmud, the Medrash says that welcoming guests is a segula, it's a spiritual remedy to bring a blessing of having children. It says also the Alter Rebbe, the Mitzvah Magid, the Alter Rebbe once asked the Magid, the successor of the Baal Shem, to for blessing for children, and the Baal Shem, and the Magid told the Alter Rebbe a verse in Psalms, which literally means, how can a young man purify his path? But he translated it in a more Bajrashic interpretation, how he merit to have a child, as Archev having guests. So Avram has guests, and he merits the blessing of children. The question, though, is, what do you mean? 
God promised him, without having guests, he would have a child. Right? Last week, he promised him he'd have a child. So how come this week's Torah portion says, right after he welcomes guests and that merit, or like Moshe Rabbeinu, when he visited uh, Yisroi, the Torah says that Yisroi welcomed him. Until that point, Yisroi only was blessed with daughters. When did he start being blessed with sons? Once he had the guests of Moshe Rabbeinu in his house, then he had, then he had more children. But didn't Avram already expect to have a child without welcoming the guests? And the answer is, similar question, we pl- pray for many things, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it's signed, it's sealed, and yet every day we pray for the same things, we pray for Shani Yom Kippur. What do you mean it's signed or it's sealed? The answer is that whatever is signed and sealed, Shani Yom Kippur, it's sealed and signed, and it's, it's in store for you in some central bank account in heaven. In the cloud. In, in the cloud, thank you. <laughs> but to draw it down from the cloud into your life, there's a judgment every single day. Every day there's a new judgment to draw down from the, from the cloud into your life. And that is the, uh, and, and to bring it down from the cloud, there has to be a vessel. You have to have a vessel to draw it down. And the merit of welcoming guests is specifically connected to the energy of children. Why? Because when you, that vessel is for your light, it looks like. Because when you, when you um, welcome a guest into your home, what are you doing? This person is not part of your household, not part of your family. You bring someone new into your house. So God says, you brought someone new into your house. What is the guy doing in your house? So in that merit, you, God will bring new people, new children into your house to take care of. Also, especially in Avram's case, because according to nature, he couldn't have children, and neither could his wife, because he dedicated himself with heart and soul and, and to, to welcome these guests, therefore God gave him a blessing beyond, beyond nature to have a child. So it wasn't just that he, he was destined to have a child, he did something to draw down the light into a vessel. That mitzvah, that merit, draw the light in the vessel. You have to have the right vessel for the right light. Abu Reber was telling me how he goes to various factories to, uh, to check the uh, kashras of these uh, factories. And uh, he always says words of Tehillim. Ask God that they should be successful. That this should, this, should, this should be okay. But in addition to the Tehillim, you have to also walk around the factory too. It's not enough just to say the Tehillim. The Tehillim helps probably... Uh, 100%. The Tehillim for sure helps. No question helps. However, there's another guy who doesn't go around the factory, and he says, and someone asks him, aren't you the mashgiach of this in this factory? He says, I say Tehillim. So Tehillim helps, but you also have to have, it's not, it's not in the same way that supervising the factory does. You have to have the right vessel for the right light. And similar thing we find in the Haftorah this week, also about lights and vessels. It says that there was a prophet named Ovadia. And in that time, there was a, pardon the pun, uh, a non-profitable business of being a prophet. And uh, there were many prophets and they couldn't support themselves. And Ovadia, he um, absorbed the expense of supporting all the prophets of his time. But he couldn't ha- pay for it himself. So he took a loan from the king Yehoram Benachav. Yehoram Benachav had the money to lend him and he took the money and then he passed away. And now his widow is left with the debt and left with dealing with the king. The king wasn't a very nice man, apparently. And he said, you can't pay up, so I'm going to take away your two daughters unless you pay up. That's, that's the deal. You pay, you pay up or your daughters will become my slaves. What does she do? She goes to Elisha, the prophet of Hashem, and she tells Elisha, what should I do? I, your servant, my husband, has died, and the creditors are coming to take away my two children to be slaves 
what should I do? So Elisha responds to her and says, what do you have left at home? She says, all your maidservant has is a cruise of oil. So he tells her, go and borrow vessels from outside, from containers from outside, and fill all these empty containers with this cruise of oil. So she does this until there are no containers left. And she's, and as it, Haftorah says, there were no containers. They announced there were no containers, and all of a sudden the oil stopped. By the way, that's the reason why in Iran, the custom is when, th- when, there is, when you finish eating, you don't say you finished eating. You say, it is bracha. You don't say you have children. You say you have bracha. Because once you say you have and it's finished, so, mm. so, so you don't want it to finish. <laughs> so you just say it's bracha. You don't want to say it's finished. So, um, so the Torah is telling us a story. But it's not just a story. Everything in Torah is meant to address angst and frustration and things in our lives that need to, need to be addressed. The, the first Arab of Chabad was visited by a young man who was having an extre- extremely hard time in his life because of the apathy that he was experiencing. He was experiencing cold, emotionless prayers and Torah study and acts of kindness, and he felt forlorn. And he came to see his Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, and the Alter Rebbe took out a Tanakh. And he opened up to this section of this Haftor. The Alter Rebbe explained, the woman refers to the soul. By the way, do you know the word woman is numerically equivalent to 306. 306 Archer? is also, oh my gosh, you're on camera, be careful. 306 is also the numerical equivalent of the word emuna times three. Three in Judaism means something is a chazak, something is strong. Women have a very strong sense of emuna. Men were created from earth. Where are women created from? From a soul, from a man. That's why women, the Maharal says, are more spiritual than men because they were created from a spiritual being. They were created from a human being. Their source is from a soul. Our source is from the earth. Anyway, so the soul is called a woman. In Song of Songs, the whole Song of Songs is about how God and Jewish people are compared to a husband and a wife. So the woman, the soul, it says there's one woman. The word woman also means fire, the fire of hay. So she is called one woman. She, that means the soul has a fire, an excitement, a passion about the oneness of Hashem. The, the soul is one with God. And yet the soul comes to Elisha. Elisha means not only the person, the prophet Elisha, Elisha also represents God himself. The word Elisha is made up of two words. Eli means my God. And Sha means to turn. Sha also means salvation. The soul comes to God and says, I need help. What I, why do I need help? My husband has died. The word my husband also literally means, ishi means, ish yud, my fire is gone. I don't have any fire. I had a fire. I had it. I am a soul. I have a part of God in me, but now it's dead. I don't have a fire. I don't have a passion. I don't have any interest. I don't like it anymore. And it's all dead. Not only is it dead, there's another problem. The creditors come and take away my two children as slaves. Who is the creditor? Who are the children? We explained who the woman is, we explained who Alicia is. Who, is the, who are the children? So it says like this. Children are compared to our feelings, our emotions. Why? You think about, let's say, hamburgers. And you say hamburgers are good food. Because you feel they're good food, you have an attraction to hamburgers. Then, like me and Abai Reber, we're looking at the spring juice earlier on, and I think this looks like great juice. He's looking, this looks like terrible juice. And therefore, what did I do? I pour myself a cup. What did he do? He said, no, thank you. Right? What you think expects the way you feel. You think something, the way you think about something, that's the way you feel. We draw close what you appreciate, and you push what you don't like. 
So what kind? So if the, the main two main feelings we have are attraction and rejection, or ava and yira. We have those feelings, but what kind? Where are those feelings directed to? To whom are we, are we attracted? And to what are we attracted? What do we reject? And who do we reject? So it depends. Depends how we think. Our thoughts affect the way we feel. The kind of thoughts we have will give birth to the kind of feelings we have. Some people experience a, uh, you know, they, they, their love is to very meaningful things. They want a relationship to have with other people in a very deep way. Some people look for just fleeting enjoyment. Some people look for relationship with people. Some people don't like people. People just people, some people just want to talk about people. They, they, they want to just make fun of other people so they can have some... They're not looking for meaning. Some people are looking for life. Some people are looking for addiction. Some people are, are, um, are bored. And they don't feel any energy. Boredom is very great. It's a terrible pain. You, you have these kids going on TikTok and Instagram. And I shouldn't say kids. I should say adults. And they go on all these things and they waste so much time. Why are they doing that? Because they're bored. What's boredom? Boredom is a desire to have desires. It's a yearning to have a yearning. It's a want to have a want. Boredom means your soul is bored and it's a terrible pain and you don't feel that anything is worth it. And these kids play on the, these adults play on these, these apps for hours and then they go to sleep and they feel so empty. They feel so dead. They're doing these they're video games and, this, and, they, and they look like they're having fun but they feel, they feel empty. So, that's what the, the neshama says to Hashem. I feel empty. I feel bored. I'm not excited about what you're offering. In, 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 in this life you've given me, it doesn't it doesn't talk to me. I don't I don't feel that it has. Any, I don't feel any any. Um, so all my my I'm being manipulated. All my feelings I have, my children, my feelings, my emotion are being taken away. They're they're sort of being raped and they're being taken away to other strange other feelings that I that that, that I, I don't want to go there. But that's where they're going. So what should I do? So what is God's response to the woman? What should we respond? When someone tells us, tells us they haven't experienced this, what's the answer to this? What does he say to her? Interesting what he says to her. He says, what do you have left at home? What kind of response is that? Someone tells you they're suffering, they're having pain. So what should your response be? Shouldn't your response be, how can I help you? His response is, what do you have left at home? In other words, he's telling her, when a person has an issue, they need to pay attention to the fact the, the, the solution lies with them. The solution is in our hands when we are dealing with an issue. It's not in someone else's hands. He's telling her that he's drawing attention to her. He's saying, I believe you have something. My mother, Langezunt, was once by the Rebbe. The Rebbe was giving her dollars. And the woman, woman came by the Rebbe. And she shrieked. And everyone in the room, there was 100 people in the room. Everyone moved back. Everyone like, whoa. Everyone except for the Rebbe. The Rebbe didn't, didn't flinch. And the Rebbe, looking down, the Rebbe said, Mahat bitachan? Do you have bitachan? Do you have trust in Hashem? And she says, she, she couldn't speak, she was so overwhelmed, she just shook her head, yeah. The Rebbe said, As Mahat bitachan, If you have bitachan, there's nothing to worry about. As What did Elisha, what did God say to the soul? The God says to the soul, What do you have at home? God says, I know you have something. I... The previous Rebbe, I know the story, the story is where I heard the story. The previous Rebbe was once talking to his spiritual mentor when he was a young man, and he said something to the effect of, I don't know where to start. So his mentor said, start with what's healthy. That, with, with that which is healthy, you could correct that which is not healthy. Start off with, what's, with that which is healthy. You can't fix unhealthy with unhealthy, right? 
So Elisha, Hashem says, so I know you have something. In a similar way, when someone has an issue, you have to look at them in the eyes and say, but what do you have? What do you have? Because they for sure have something. You know how, how you know you have to have something? People always complain about um, all kinds of things. And the very fact they're complaining means their soul is alive. The fact that a person says, the Rebbe said, that how come the judge of the whole earth didn't do justice? Like Abraham complains this week's Torah portion. Will the judge of the earth not do justice? People come, where was God in the Holocaust? That complaint itself belies a faith in God. You're expecting things to be taken care of because you trust in God. The cry itself means you care. She says, I don't care. She says, I'm all dead. But with the fact that she's crying to Elisha, why is she crying? That's what she's upset about. That, that itself is so. So Elisha believes in her. And because he believes in her, she begins to believe in herself. So he says, what do you have? She says, I have a crucible oil. What's a crucible oil? The Zohar says that the word asuch means to anoint. We're talking about a very minimal amount of oil, enough oil to anoint just a pinky, tiny bit of oil. That's what she, she conceded. I have a crucible. I have a little bit of oil. What's oil mean? Oil means faith in God. Why is oil faith in God? Because when you mix oil with all other liquids, it doesn't mix. In a similar way, oil always rises to the top. Similar way, no matter what we get mixed into in our lives, no matter what kind of crazy stuff we get involved in, our oil, our faith in God, rises to the top. It's always there. It's always present. It's always at our fingertips. It's there. Fully there. So it's there. But then he says to her, okay, you're right. That's great. That's amazing. Now we have something to talk with. Now we have something to work with. Go and get empty vessels. What are empty vessels mean? He's telling her, telling her is, it may seem that the things you need to do in your life are empty. Some people are brought up without hearing their parents tell them they love them. Some people are brought up with a lot of, a lot of you know, discomfort because they never heard the words that children need to hear. Yes, you are lovable. Yes, I love you. you and, and when you grow up that way, what happens? When you have to have a relationship with your own children, you don't have the tools to say, I think to feel I love you. You don't, you don't have it. You never heard it. It, it says in the Torah that Yitzchak loved Rivka, and Rivka loved Yaakov, and Yaakov loved Rachel, and Rachel Love Yosef. If whoever is loved is able to love, if you to give love. But if you weren't given love, so it's like a mechanical thing, and you start hating yourself. I don't have it. So the Torah says, you know what you should do. The Torah says, be mechanical, be empty, empty vessels. Buy the flowers for Shabbos. Wash the dishes. Take your take your spouse out. Take give your children their 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 lunch with a hug. Not in the mood. Doesn't matter. Give them a kiss. You know, it doesn't matter. Lie. Make the... Huh? Lie. Doesn't make a difference. It's not a lie because you have a jar of oil. There's a jar of oil there. If your relation... In fact, not only is it also true, it's, it, it's show, it, the fact you're doing this even though you don't feel it indicates it's, it's all the more true. Alicia said to her something amazing. said to her, you and your children will live with what's left over. The word left over also means advantage. You'll have an advantage yourself. Because you're empty of an advantage. What's the advantage? The advantage is, if you only do things because you're in the mood of doing them, that shows your relationship is very limited. It shows your interest is very limited. If you're able to do the same things, even though you don't feel it, you're not interested, you have no, you feel apathetic, you still do why are you doing it? You're doing it because you have a jar of oil. Because you have something of your soul that's very real, very present, and overwhelmingly powerful in your life, and you push all their feelings aside, and you, and you put one foot on the other, and you do it. Why? Because there's a jar of oil. And what happens? That will cause all the vessels to be full with oil. That means that this step forward 
of doing what, of making, taking the empty vessel. They're borrowed vessels, not even your own vessels. You, you feel like you're doing something that's not even you. You feel, you feel hypocritical. But they will be full of oil. It, it ins- inspires feelings. You, 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 you summon good feelings by making the steps. You peel a layer. By, summon, by, by, by make, making good steps in the right direction, you peel a layer and, and you discover good things in yourself. I was sharing this morning about a friend of mine who was going through incredible challenges in his health challenges, financial challenges, and, and he had to make a move and, and it was something that his spouse needed, he wasn't in the mood, and he did the right thing, and he felt so terrible doing the right thing. <laughs> he felt like he did it well. And I was saying, you understand, you, you, you got the empty vessel. This is what this parsha is about. You did the empty vessel. Well, you didn't feel it. I'm telling you the oil is going to come. Both from your spouse and yourself is going to give, give you. This is the message Hashem is telling us. Put a, one foot on the other. You're in the mood to learn Torah today. You're not in the mood to learn Torah today. You're in the mood to pray today. You're not in the mood to learn to pray today. Put a foot on the front of the other. Make, take the empty vessels. They may be borrowed, but that will, that will bring out the, the oil, bring out all the good energy in yourself. And Hashem should bless us that we should not feel empty, chas Hashem. We should see the emes, uh, the emes uh, full vessels, the full oil, the coming Mashiach, the Mamish, light the Menera, and Beis Amigdash, the Kodah Mamish. Chaim, Chaim.